welcome. Some people are still drifting in, um, but we're about to get started with our discussion series, Subscription E-Commerce Live. I'm Ashley Gattuso. Ooh, I said my name wrong. Now that's a first, Gattuso. That is weird. It's not, I mean, I guess it's my married name, so I can, you know, claim that, but that was strange. All right, so Ashley Gattuso, your host with ARPU, and we have today with us Lauren Nolan from House of Wise. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Hi, nice to be with you guys. I am so excited about today because Lauren's going to be talking with us about community. And what I think is really interesting is that I was connected um, to Lauren by someone I know uh, from LinkedIn and over at Demand Gen Live, um, Matt had suggested you when I was like, hey, I need to talk to people who know something valuable about subscription e-commerce and you are who came to mind. So I think that just kind of like cements the fact that community has immense value when you start making connections. And we're gonna to talk today a little bit about something she calls um, the evolution of direct to consumer to direct to community. So first off, I'm just going to let you know that this is brought to you by ARPU. We provide upcoming shipment notifications that increase AOV and LTV while reducing churn with two-click upsells and delays. That includes custom messages based on subscription products or renewal counts. Um, so that can support like your loyalty program if you wanted to send someone a special message at six months. We would just trigger off of recharge saying this is their sixth charge and tell them, hey, you get this freebie from us for being with us for this long or whatever it is you do in your loyalty program. We work with recharge um, and merchants on Shopify and BigCommerce. You can find out more over at getarpu.com. All right, let's jump right into the conversation. Lauren, you're the VP of Communications and Brand Relations at House of Wise. Tell us what that means and what House of Wise is. Yeah, so House of Wise um, is a leading women-founded brand focused on women's wellness. So when we launched in December of 2020, we were in the middle of the pandemic. Um, a lot of women, you know, we noticed this big like social conversational uptick on people and especially moms and women like having that like evening glass of wine to wind down and try to like de-stress when like so much is coming at us from like daily news updates in the health space, uh, work updates, economic updates, world affairs. And, you know, I think that I personally love wine. I am like studying for my level one sommelier test right now, but um, outside of, you know, just using that wine to wind down, um, you know, that doesn't actually help with our stress management at all and has like really detrimental effects on our wellness. So um, Amanda Getz is the founder of House of Wise. She's someone I've worked with for eight years uh, previously at The Knot Worldwide. Um, and she, we, she was looking into products for cannabis um, in the cannabis industry that would help with sleep, help with stress management, help with um, sexual wellness. And that is where the idea for House of Wise came to be. Um, so yeah, in short, we're a women's wellness brand that provides CBD products that help uh, people take better control of their sleep management, their stress management, their sexual wellness routines. And most recently we added um, a strength vertical to our product offerings. And so, I am the VP of communications and PR. And I have basically lead a lot of our brand marketing um, initiatives. So uh, I built my entire career on developing brands, uh, both like some really, important legacy brands. Like we think about, you know, Tabasco, uh, Fruity Pebbles, Honey Bunches of Oats, The Knot, uh, which is the parent company for The Knot wedding website, The Bump, Wedding Wire, um, and then some international brands, as well as a lot of startups. So um, I had my own consulting agency in between my time at The Knot and in between joining House of Wise full-time. And I worked on a lot of D2C clients. Uh, two of the big ones are The Crafter's Box and House of Wise. So both have subscription models. Um, and a lot of things I notice working with founders and brands is that a lot of times companies 
get started and the founder has like a very clear vision for what they want and it it all lives in their head they don't take time to articulate that and really explain you know what is their vision what is the essence of their brand and what are they trying to provide outside of like their core product offerings that really resonate with people and mean something to people so that is what uh, my entire consulting business is based on is coming in and helping founders and ceos articulate their vision uh, talk about what their goals are for the business and then really translating that into a brand narrative that helps build community, helps build um, a sense of, you know, loyalty and um, a tie to the brand that is meaningful and sets you up for longevity. Excellent. Yes. And so when we talked, um, we talked two weeks ago with yeah. Joelle at Churnbuster and um, it now more than ever, I mean, I know we've been hearing this for like years and years, like it's cheaper to keep a customer than it is to acquire a customer. But in an economic downturn, it is especially uh, cheaper to keep a customer than it is to acquire one, especially when you have changes in the way you can advertise um, and who you can reach. And we're kind of always dancing around big tech's new rules and algorithms for who we can and can't reach and how and how much money it is going to cost. So the idea of having a mission and attracting people who align with those visions uh, that you're talking about, that founders need to be setting a vision and be able to articulate it is immensely, immensely valuable. So I thought um, maybe you could kind of give us the lay of the land in terms of what kind of community exists for House of Wise right now and how that grew into what it is. Yeah, so House of Wise is very unique in our like origin story. So Amanda um, is very, very vocal on Twitter. Um, she has a pretty, she's accumulated a pretty loyal and vast following of about 80,000 followers. And she started building House of Wise when we were still, we were both at the Not Worldwide. So she was started building it kind of in public on Twitter. And that's certainly not the right strategy for everybody. There's a lot mm -hmm. of, um, you know, a lot of companies where there's a lot of proprietary information that is, especially if it's like tech-based or uh, that it doesn't make sense to build in public. Amanda and I took a strategy on building in public and kind of aggregating this community of just people who wanted to talk about wellness, wanted to talk about topics that are typically like very uncomfortable for people to talk about. So first of all, you have cannabis, which still like despite its widespread legalization, both as a THC product and then CBD, which is the products that we sell, which are um, federally legal and we can ship to all 50 states as well as like internationally legal on a much larger scale um people are afraid to talk about cannabis and like i think that especially comes through with like motherhood um i myself am not a mom unless you count my dog but um amanda is a single mom to three so and i worked as a brand manager for the bump which is um, a leading parenting website and a lot of things a lot of conversation that we have is you know motherhood can feel very isolating uh and beyond like being isolated by the community that you had built prior to motherhood, it can be isolating even with other moms because there's this idea of mom shaming and parenting guilt where people, just because you're not following like what they, what someone else thinks you should do to manage your parenting skills, um, you know, they, they shame you for it or they don't understand it. And that's, you know, that's not really the society that we want to see. Or it's build. a war front out there. Yeah. It's the war front. It's a scary, so, scary place that I don't recommend. I mean, like you're going to dabble in it. If you're a mom, I, either way, you're going to be soliciting opinions or you're going to join groups, but it can be super stress inducing mm -hmm. to yeah. have to process the very strong opinions of others on the decisions yes. you are making for your family. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> there was no safe, there's no truly safe space for people to talk about these things. And like cannabis, again, being one of them, like mommy wine culture is popularized on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. You see it like it's glorified, but truly like when you're having alcohol 
And again, I'm not like saying alcohol is bad as like someone who loves wine, but if you're glorifying it and saying that it's solving your problems when it's actually very detrimental, like it interrupts your sleep patterns, it causes you to be tired and groggy the next day. It actually increases your cortisol level. So it's actually inducing more stress in your life. It's offsetting your sexual wellness in a lot of ways. It offsets your fitness routines. So I think it just has this like compound effect that people don't really talk about and like don't want to talk about because it's a hard conversation to have. Um, so, you know, we wanted to, we, we want to encourage people to like one research cannabis. Cause I think there's like a high threshold for like, there's a high wall of like people aren't educated about it. Even when mm -hmm. I joined and started to like get myself immersed in the cannabis industry, like I had to spend so much time researching and understanding even the differences between THC and CBD. And like, what does that mean from seed all the way up to like the manufacturing process? So there is like a high level that people still need to be like educated and familiarized with it. So they're comfortable talking about it. But, um, you know, ultimately, like I believe in our products, they do help people, you know, regulate their central nervous system so they can be less stressed, so they can sleep better, so they can have better sex, so they can have more effective workouts. So like at our core, I believe in our products, but our larger mission is that we want to build this community that people feel safe in having conversations or asking questions about cannabis, about fitness, about their sexual health, about lack of sleep. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we started to do was build this community on Instagram or on Instagram and on Twitter before we mm -hmm. launched, where we started to aggregate an email list where we are giving people who are just genuinely interested um, kind of information about what we were building, what was happening with the brand before we launched. And by doing that, you know, we really built this incredible community of women and men too, but just like um, people who were genuinely invested in like what we were doing and what we were trying to solve and provide for people, which again was this community. So then when we did launch on launch day, which was December 1st, 2020, we had over 700 unique posts from people in our community talking about our brand, talking about our story, who wanted to support us. And we're like on the front lines of like ordering product from us. And since then, we've really invested in like building that community and building that safe space and having thoughtful dialogues. And that's, you know, when I say dialogue, I'm not saying people agree. Nobody's going to agree on a lot of the topics that we talk about, but having respectful dialogue about, you know, very key pillars of everybody's lifestyle. Because um, no matter, you know, who you are, those are kind of four lifestyle pillars that everybody thinks about mm -hmm. or experiences. Um, regularly. So, you know, we've had, we have a private Slack channel that we invite people to have conversation. And when I think about, you know, the evolution of D to C for so long, we've, you know, it still stands for a direct to consumer, but we think about it as direct to community where we're really building a community who we're providing them so much more value than just the products that we're offering. And then, you know, that's going to help our brand have the longevity power um, versus like a lot of other CBD brands or a lot of other just brands in general that if you're not taking time to listen to your consumers. And also I think what a lot of people forget about when they think about community building is like, it's just as important about the dialogue you're having with your community as like your community is having with each other. Um, so like Slack is like a really good opportunity for us to see how our community interacts with each other. Uh, there's like a lot of people on there who are having, you know, conversations about, if they are a mom, like I'm trying to sleep train, can you help me? And like, we're not traditionally, you know, a CBD brand is not traditionally a place you go for those kinds of topics, but just creating again, that safe space for people to have that community. And then that ultimately builds like a loyalty um, beyond the product offerings. And then, you know, when they're subscribed to our products and they're receiving the products monthly, it, you know, it just, they are using the products and talking about how it helps them with their life. Interesting. Okay. So what I'm taking away from that is that there is like a public community, right? Like the Amanda's Twitter account, the Instagram account, the things that are being said like out in the open. Mm -hmm. And then there is the safer space, right? The, the Slack community. So in terms of um, membership is 
And I, I don't want to like ask you to give numbers that you're, you're not like, you know, wanting to give from your company. So if you want to like, think of this in percentages, like what is the Slack community? Like, do you feel like your subscriber base or your customer base, like is everyone in there? Is a percentage in there? Are there more in the Slack community than actually buy from you? I'm curious about like how those dynamics work. Yes. So this also has to do with our distribution model and like how Mm -hmm. the cannabis industry operates, because there's a lot of payment processors that block CBD sales because we are a cannabis company. So um, in building this community, we're also relying on this community as affiliate partners. So you, anyone can get an affiliate link for House of Wise and you essentially just get a percentage of the sales that you make in the same way that like every influencer, you know, that has like all their affiliate links, but you don't have to be an influencer because women are influential at every level. So if you are, you know, living in rural Illinois and you go to book club once a month with your five friends and you tell them about the greatest sleep that you had last night and they want to know about where they got it, they can use your link and you're going to get 20% of their sale. Um, So we actually double down our affiliate investment with our network and our community uh, versus like giving it to Google or to Instagram um, and using them to acquire new customers. So uh, mouth service is like a big part of what we do, but also like rewarding women that are influential and giving them, you know, financial incentive to talk about us, but there's no like requirement, like at all. Like, but if you want to be in the Slack community, you do have to apply for an affiliate link. And then our director of community does vet you to make sure that like you are who you say you are. You're not a bot. You're not a troll. Like, uh, so there is like a level of scrutiny. Um, and then you are invited to this private Slack channel and, um, you know, introduced to the brand in a deeper way. Okay. So the people who are a applying to be in that community are are doing so for like a couple of reasons one is they want to connect one is they want to um to be an affiliate right so i think that's a little different and i'm glad that you opened that up because i think um it's worth exploring because i think a lot of brands think of like their private community as like they want to like shove everyone in it like anyone and everyone should come be here. And uh, we had an interesting conversation with Jamie um, oh, Levy uh, at Shopify about community. And she she was like anti that whole approach, right? She was like, create places where people can connect, but that they're not like required to connect yeah. and, and kind of, be okay with building communities that are for the most excited, loyal fans of your brand versus like trying to get everyone in. Exactly. Like, and it's interesting too, because we do have some influencers who we work with who have affiliate links. They're not interested, but their, their number one motive to having an affiliate link is that they want to make money. Like our percentage is amazing. They love our products. They want to make money. So they get an affiliate link. They don't join our Slack channel. Everyone who has an affiliate link is invited, but you do not have to accept it. And then, you know, I think the brilliant, you know, part of Slack is that you can have different channels. So there's a lot of channels that you can opt in or out of at any time. And, you know, some of our, actually, I would say most of our like most engaged community members on Slack are not even the people who sell the most. They like, you know, might use their affiliate link to buy their own products, um, or they might just have an affiliate link and it got ever gotten zero sales off of it, which is fine because we vetted them and you know they want to be a part of the community and they're like very active and engaging with conversation um, in a place where they feel safe and can talk about anything that they want to talk about that helps them feel more empowered to take control of whatever it is in their life they're focused on. Okay, so then that leads kind of right into what we kind of bulleted as our as a talking point. And um, that's as a community builder or leader, 
a brand that that wants to create a community that people actually want to be in and that is not like one of those the brand posts something once a week and then nobody really replies and like maybe one straight post happens every once in a while like these Facebook groups that you join and then you're like yeah. oh this is not really a community this is like a promotional HubSpot or something right like yeah. um so uh talk to me about cultivating an engaging community and what brands should be thinking about before they even launch and like how to get how to create the space where people want to be so yeah facebook's interesting so let's start there because i think you know i i i was like oh, og facebook like <laughs> the oh. facebook yeah. yeah um and i think facebook. about like we, we, so we've seen we've seen all the evolutions of how time like how feeds have changed and I think, and, and I support that brands still have a page that people like, and like Facebook requires it if you want an Instagram account or you want to have a shoppable marketplace, they require that. Um, so I still think like, but I don't think you can, I don't think you can equate Facebook with community any longer because the only thing that I'm seeing engagement on Facebook, both on a personal level and on a brand level, both for myself, for House of Wise, for some other brands I've worked on, is that we have largely and almost wholly moved away from posting updates to only having these like private closed groups that people feel they're getting value for. So I think value is the key word when we think about community building on any front. And this is why, but like a lot of brands continue to post on Facebook or either, or try to cultivate a private group on Facebook that's like a subset of their fan base. So people are invited. And again, they can decline or accept but there's no barrier. Sometimes there's like questions, like um, there's a beauty box that has like Legion a private, questions. Yeah, that has like a few questions. Like, are you gonna be a respectful member of this community? Yes, you know, like, mm -hmm. so like those kind of like screeners that are like non-screeners. Um, but yeah, I think like you really have to think about when you're thinking about community, you have to think about what is the value add that you are providing for these people um, like why, why would they want to be here versus anywhere else? So it's about, and, and as like leading our like brand communications department, to me, that's thinking about like, all right, as a brand pre-launch, what, what are our like key messages? What are like the things that we want people to know about and take away when they think about house of wise? And that's like consumers, but that's also our community. And then like, what are the goals of community building? So for us, at our core, we wanted to, you know, just be able to promote and talk about female wellness, which is such a, you know, taboo topic. Mm -hmm. Like look at everything that's trending in the news right now. So <laughs> it, it's kind of never ending, but um, at our core, we just wanted to be a brand that empowered women. And that could be through content, that could be through commerce, and that can be through community. So we see House of Wise at the intersection of all three of those things. So we have the commerce side, which is very straightforward. Here are our product offerings. And we hope that they help you do what we want you to like feel, you know, for the effects of our product. Here's the content side. So we do have like that educational content. Content marketing is like a huge part of our strategy on like providing like editorial content. So we actually, our head of content at the, the not, or at, <laughs> at House of Wise is, used to be the editor in chief for Pop Sugar. So mm -hmm. she came over, she writes all of our content. Um, most of, I would say 99% of it is not even related to any of our products. It's related to the topics that our brand, like our, our product Halo. So we talk about the orgasm gap. We talk about uh, sleep, deprivation and like what that does to your cortisol levels. We talk about just like non-branded CBD education and THC mm -hmm. education and how, you know, what, what are, what are the scientific facts behind how that physiologically affects your body? Um, so that's the content side. And then the third part of that is community. And like, those aren't mutually exclusive and like, but you don't have to be a part of all three to be part of house of wise. You can choose, pick and choose. So I think it's like, giving your consumers autonomy and like the power to decide mm -hmm. what it is they're looking for, but ultimately just providing value for them in some way that's meaningful for them. 
So here's a good question. Um, before the moment that someone applies for an affiliate link, are they aware the Slack community exists? Um, I'm actually not. I mean, we talk about it openly and it's uh -huh. like on our affiliate application page is like one of the perks. Um, uh -huh. But it's not something we like broadcast widely about. Like Amanda will like tweet about it sometimes or like we'll take like screenshots of things that like with their permission, if it's like something that they like want to talk about and do so in a more public forum. I wouldn't say it's like the leading thing that we like go out there with right. for our community. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So that relates to me to um, this, this theory. We think a lot about newsletters for another brand that we run and like opting in and like whether lead magnets are even effective ways to get people on email lists because really what they wanted was the one thing. And like, I believe that brands that go ahead and put them on an email list because of the one thing they wanted are doing themselves a disservice because they're going to be an unengaged subscriber, right? But giving them the option to want more um, is kind of the, the framework I like to follow is get someone interested in, in what you have to the point where they are asking, what more can I get from you? Right. And so it's like this idea of making it harder to opt into the community or harder to like, there's, it's like intentional friction, yeah. I would call it. So that by the time you have checked that box and gone through that stage of like becoming that sort of customer or promoter that you are like mentally there, like you're ready to be in that space versus yeah. like put on a list or put in a group that you, you should not have been put in before that moment kind of yeah. thing. So um, talk to me a little bit about like how you tie community to sales and, and revenue and marketing. Like what are you looking at and what should uh, a brand uh, or a merchant who's using something like Recharge Arpo, Shopify, like what should they be thinking about in terms of, um, because we get into a lot of conversations about when you invest in brand, like it's, it's not necessarily for leads, right? It's for like awareness or, or these things. And so it's very hard sometimes when you start talking about attribution of things that are hard to track and, yeah. and how you correlate that to results. So what do y'all look at um, to kind of help you go, yes, this is worth our time invested in it. How does it impact sales? How does it impact revenue? Yeah, so I'll start with just investing in brand um, as like a starting point. But mm -hmm. when you invest in creating like a brand architecture and framework, it's a long-term investment because as your team grows and as you scale up, you then are giving your team members a very clear framework, like a decision-making framework on like empowering them to make decisions based on what they know your brand stands for, your values. So like starting with the investment in like creating that brand architecture, we feel is key to like empowering your team members internally as you grow. Um, and then, but you're right. Like it is, it is the attribution is more difficult. Uh, I look at like things internally to start with like retention and like, uh, employee satisfaction as like two of the things, like, do they feel like they can make those decisions and that they know enough about the brand. And then when I think about like, you know, you have email marketers, which I think email is such an important aspect of marketing and but a lot of people just don't do it well <laughs> so it's having those nurture campaigns like we do have a pop-up on our site because it still is it still costs brands less to give people 10 percent off or ten dollars off their first purchase than it does to put an ad up and you know pay per acquisition that way so we still have you know i, I still believe in doing that for acquiring new customers and of course you're going to have people who are going to immediately unsubscribe. But I think that that also challenges brands to create really compelling comms and that, and like a really compelling nurture campaign from like 
a different nurture campaign depending on like where they came from. Like, did they come from a direct order on the website versus did they come from that promo um, like filter where you're getting them in for the first time and creating, you know, thoughtful campaigns based on where those people are coming from, what their intention was. Is it immediately to purchase? Are they still in the discoverable, like discoverability phase? So having like very thoughtful comms in that way across email. Um, and then like email is pretty, you know, at this point, email is pretty easy to attribute sales to. Um, right, right. And then you think about like marketing, like brand building brand awareness and like that top of funnel is a big one for us, like in the first year of being live. So from December, 2020 to December, 2021, we achieved more than 2.2 billion earned media impressions. So, you know, people knew who house of wise was, they'd seen us, um, in, you know, where, where we're meeting them. So like that mm -hmm. first level of discoverability is the first step in building community. Cause people have to know who you are and get a sense of like what it is that, again, like what it is your brand stands for as well as like what you're offering. But um, yeah, so, I mean, just kind of that high level brand awareness and discoverability mm -hmm. first. And then as you get more tactical and further down the sales funnel, but, you know, community is one of those levers that we think about when we think about brand marketing. Like for us, community is a sales lever because if we have, um, you know, on uh, on Black Friday this year, we hadn't launched our candles yet. They're now available on our website, but um, we spent you know four months in R and D coming up with the scents and like the copy for that and kind of like what the point of these candles was and driving home this idea of like incorporating it into your wellness routine. But we use our community to bring them into the fold as we're in R and D. So we like get feedback from them on like is this something that you want or that you would see value in? And like, they feel very invested in the process as they're going along with it. And then two, before we launch to the public, we tell, we give them, we treat them like an investor. Like we give them insider updates. We tell them what's coming. We can, like, if they want, you know, um, a certain promo code or creative assets, we make sure to provide that for them. So then like we, you know, we can use our community for the, like, it's not required by any means, but if they're excited about the product and want to post about it, certainly we will empower them to do so. Um, and that was like for our holiday sales. And then for April, we did a whole large 420 campaign in partnership with Last Prisoner Project and a couple who was in prison because of cannabis charges. And starting in January, when we got in touch with the couple and the artist who created this limited edition box, we brought our community into the fold and kind of told them what we were working on and started to you know, reveal things as it became like safe to do so with our partner sign off. Um, and you know, with our top engaged community members, like you have to reward them too. Like they're spending, they're choosing to spend their time with your brand in a meaningful way. So it's worth like rewarding them and incentivizing them. So, you know, we only did a run of a thousand of these um, justice for all 420 boxes. So we gave our top 25, like most engaged community members, the box a week before it went live on our site and asked them like, can you post about it? Like, again, not required, but we want to like, thank you for being engaged and um, hope that you will post about it because they, you know, they were brought along for every step of this campaign mm -hmm. in that it was, you know, fighting criminal justice reform and giving back to a community that really needs it. And a lot of them were like emotionally, like heavily invested in the development of this product and the story behind it. And, you know, we're excited to post about it. And then um, I think when we looked at the analytics at the end of the campaign of the 25 that were gifted boxes, 23 of them went on to purchase additional boxes and either shipped it to themselves or to other people. So, um, you know, it was, it's like a good investment and, you know, you have data that you can attribute, like, was that even a worthwhile, like ROI? Like for us, the UGC alone was a great ROI, mm -hmm. uh, but for them to also convert into sales was amazing. So, several things I love about this. <laughs> First, um, it 
it reminds me of something I've heard Dave Gerhart say before about his work at Drift, which was that they intentionally would kind of begin educating the their target audience about the a problem like a pervasive problem right before they had launched the product to solve that problem mm -hmm. right and it was very much like a bringing people along for this journey going ahead and and connecting and having conversations about it and educating them about the problem they had so that at the moment when that product launch is ready there's already a, a built-in um, buyer base, right? But in your case, it, it feels like that goes beyond a built-in buyer base to a built-in like um, sales force, right? Yeah. Like, a, like essentially they're going outbound for you with user-generated content because they have been drawn in to the story that, that moves them to make, to take those actions. Like you're yeah. asking, but they're moving on their own volition because they are part of this story. The, the next tie-in that excites me um, is that I, it feels like what you're doing is very much akin to what I think has worked really well for like NFTs and the communities that they build around them, because that is all around this, like, story they're creating like it's not like a jpeg of a blob it's a blob with five unique characteristics that make it more valuable because all of these people have bought into the value of that characteristic right and then they're out promoting the future release of the blob with the characteristics before <laughs> it even happens right and like it's um, in that case it feels like a whole lot more like fomo is going on um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm drawn to more of like the, the reality and the real life good or like alignment with, um, a movement that someone is, is very passionate about and that they are, they are taking an action that they, they can feel passionate about. Not that people aren't super passionate about NFTs, but this just feels more <laughs> real than like, you know the, the blockchain. Yeah. Um, so I, in terms of rewarding community engagement and behavior, like how are y'all, is there a very scripted like way of evaluating X posts or, you know, like this level of engagement equates to this reward? Like how standardized are you about that? Or is it kind of happening as it goes? So I wouldn't say it's like standardized. We do have like some sort of standard things that mm -hmm. we work on. So like um, each month, um, you know, we do do some kind of an incentive. So it's like, we do act like they are a sales force. So it's like, if you sell X amount in product, you're going to get like, we're big believers in swag, like, but high quality mm -hmm. swag. I have to say like, I am also like a environmentalist and I don't want any, I don't want to give, nor do I want to receive like things that are going to end up in a landfill or like given away. Um, so we're very thoughtful about the swag and like very upfront with what it's going to be because that might either motivate or demotivate some people. And we would rather have them tell us that they don't want something anyways. So we like, you know, if, if we're focused on, um, you know, right now in June, we're like thinking a lot about like summer fitness and we did these like little gift packs with um, our strength gummies and then sunscreen, which is super important for any outdoor activities that you're working on or participating in. Um, and like in the sales, like hitting certain sales goals or doing any UGC around that, you, like we, you can unlock within the community. Like we have um, workout classes that we like do with our community and we'll get like um, some notable like fitness. Uh, if you're like in the world of, you know, Instagram fitness mm -hmm. people, there's some like notable people who have come on and done workout classes with us. And then it's also like tangible items, like um, an elastic band that they can work out with. And then like actually teaching them how to do at home workouts with that. Um, during the holidays, it was like 
if you hit certain sales goals, um, then, you know, tell it, give us the name and address of a friend that you want to send a gift to and tell us what product you want to send them and we'll just send it to them on your behalf. Um, so there's different incentives each month that kind of tie to an overall theme. And sometimes it's product based. Um, sometimes it's like a unique swag item, like a bathrobe or um, a, our, we have a t-shirt. I should have worn it today, but it says women are wise AF. It's like our everyone's oh, favorite. Fun. I love it. <laughs> um, I, need so we're like, I'll, I will get you one. <laughs> um, I have to explain it to my daughters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so there's different incentives and part of that. And like, there's like the incentive of what are they actually getting changes, but so does like what it is that we're incentivizing. And that kind of has to do with mm -hmm. a larger marketing strategy because sometimes it is like user-generated content that we are looking for. And other times it's sales goals that we're looking to hit. So um, it does vary month over month, but that's also like a reason that our community is interested in coming. And like, we have a separate email, um, email, now the word escapes me, but like thread um, and like strategy just for um, our community versus like our general email user database. Mm -hmm. And that one is like much smaller the analytics are amazing on it. Like I'm talking like 80% open rate. So uh, very yep. engaged community. And, you know, that gives them a reason to like read is like, what insider info am I getting? What incentives could I get this month? What's going on in the community? Um, you know, are there digital events that I should be aware of that are only open to community members? So those are kind of the incentives. And uh, we actually like do talk a lot about NFTs and Web3 and like how they're doing it and modeling mm -hmm. it off of that. <laughs> um, That's cool. I made a connection. Because... See, Seth is very proud of me in this moment <laughs> because my husband did a deep dive. I thought he might not come back out of the hole that he fell into in December and January when he was like, old dogs can new learn new tricks. I'm going to learn what NFTs are and everything about them. And then I would report back to my work team, like, you won't believe this. Um, so the one thing that I think I missed on um, complimenting, which I think is, this is a key takeaway. If you're listening to this or watching this um, is it's, it's not just about the reward and incentive it's about the full journey mm -hmm. that house of wise is creating and a very important part of that journey is buy-in from the community themselves as they are building something like we are going we are thinking about releasing candles this is what they might be like what are your opinions on this and that's something that jamie um Levy talked a lot about is that discounts are great, but they're not always the thing you need to reward people with. Like having an opinion that matters to the company is a reward in itself. And so what it feels like you've done is built something where people feel like their opinion drives the product decisions and then they get to go out and share that news when it's ready for them to share and they can profit off of it in in some way at whatever level they you know want to invest in in profiting off of it so it's more yeah. than just like a questionnaire that's like hey we're thinking of launching some new flavors of something like that your typical d2c might send out, it's like, hey, you are most valued members of our entire customer base because you are in this community and we want to give you the chance to like name the next flavor or whatever, and then let you have an early release and give you the swag for making sure that the world knows about this in, yep. in whatever way you let them know about it, because people trust people more than they trust brands. That's a hundred percent accurate. And like, I think this really just ties back to like our company as a core value. Like one of our core values is that like our employees, like we are people first above, above being part of a team or a company. Like Amanda is a single mom of three. Sometimes she's not going to show up to a meeting because 
one of her kids just threw up at school and she's got to leave at one in the afternoon to go pick them up. And like, you know, we all have like our own things and we're all people above, above being part of a brand, above our job title. Like that's something like internally we believe. And then we like amplify that externally that like, you know, we are like everybody, our community, they are people first. Like I want to say, oh man, in March, we had like record low engagement from our community, but like, look at what was happening in the world. Like there's a war outbreaking and there is an economic downturn and the housing market is like hitting another crisis. And like, of course people aren't going to be posting about our products or talking about that. Like they have other bigger stuff happening. So I think when you think of like, at least when we think about our community, we tie that back to our brand values and like, you have to respect that people are people first. And then when we think about product launches, like people are valuable. And like we said, like, again, a core value of like women and people are influential at every level. You don't need a million Instagram followers to be influential. You can be going to book club. You can be going to a potluck and you have influence in those communities and that shouldn't be discounted. So like, we really do value it. And I look at like founders, um, like, I'm not sure if you know the company Swag Up, but Michael Martocci is the CEO and founder and he emailed 1400 of his consumers and his partners to get like one-on-one feedback from them on how things were going. And like, people remember that and they like remember that you do put stock and value in them. And I think like, that's really key to meaningful community building and not just surface level community building. Excellent. Okay. So I have one last question and then we can wrap up unless there are um, any other questions from the crowd. And that is um, how do you interact in that community? So are you House of Wise making a post? Or are you Lauren from House of Wise making that post? And what would you recommend to merchants thinking about this? We 100%, again, people first. We are ourselves. We very, very clearly identify, like, I am VP of comms at House of Wise. Like, I am going to disclose that. um, Mm -hmm. But I interact as myself, and I do that in a very, like, genuine way. In our Slack community, just to give you, like, an example of, how it's like not really product related at all. We have like um, a finance channel where people talk about like different like investment opportunities or like, what are you thinking about? NFTs is a hot topic in there, but like I needed a financial advisor and I found my financial advisor through someone in the community who's based out of Chicago and connected me with her financial advisor. And he's been advising me and my husband for the last year and is amazing. But like, so I fully interact as myself. Um, I have certain channels where it's definitely like brand focused messaging. Like when I was, I ran point on our 420 justice for all campaign. So uh, we had a channel that was um, like an early information channel on that marketing campaign. So starting, um, I started in December, like contracting with our partners, but starting in January was posting like updates uh, and people like recognize that very clearly as like part of the brand marketing agenda Mm -hmm. versus like me commenting on like what's my Peloton username and what class am I doing and can we connect there later or like financial advice or whatever Um, but yeah we post as ourselves and I think that when you're posting as a brand it's hard right because we're a startup and like Uh, But like even, even customer service that like JetBlue and Delta are pretty good about this when they're like on Twitter DMing on Instagram, they'll like put their initials or their name at the end of the tweet or DM where it's identifying people as people. And I think there's a lot more patience when you're like in the customer service realm doing that, Um, like identifying and like people reminding people that it's like another human at the other end of this and Mm -hmm. not a robot that you can scream at, but (laughs) Um, like people just having respect for you. Um, but you know, like I think brands can be, live and breathe, um, but they're powered by people, you know, they're powered by real people. So we post right. real people. So, so be authentic in your community and have, have actual people from your brand 
engaging there as actual people instead of robots. That is your takeaway from this. Um, Because I think that that should be like, that was what Jamie, um, I feel like she references as like dropping the punctuation, right? Like kind of like pulling back the veil and, and being way less formal and buttoned up and way more real. And so perhaps that is why so many communities fail is because they fail to be genuine in the first place. And so there's like a a lack of actual alignment because it feels like people around a brand instead of people around a brand that is backed by people. And like, there's something so much more real about knowing that your ideas are aligning with Lauren's ideas or that you have um, the ability to think differently and have a great dialogue about that yeah. right okay any and other questions oh go ahead oh and I was gonna say and this kind of you know goes into like you have to understand your own brand identity like it has to align with your brand and be authentic to your brand like I don't think JP Morgan Chase is ever gonna be posting as you know Cynthia from accounting is logging on talking about whatever <laughs> JP Morgan wants to talk about but well she's um, not asking for finance <laughs> advice yeah. Or maybe she is. <laughs> <laughs> so I did say, yeah, it's again, like creating that like really strong brand architecture and understanding your own brand identity to set that up. Excellent. Well, I have a thousand more questions, but I'm going to cut us off because um, we do have a time frame that we try to end this in. But I want to thank you again for joining us. Let the crowd of listeners know where they can find you online if they want to connect. Yeah, um, I am not active on Twitter much, but my Twitter handle is Lauren A. Nolan. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Lauren, like LinkedIn slash in slash Lauren Nolan and Instagram at Lauren Nolan. And then House of Wise, um, all of our social handles are house double underscore of double underscore wise. And we'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Go connect. See if you want to be in the deep uh, community level of, of, the House of Wise Slack. It sounds like there's like a lot of fun stuff going on in there. Congratulations to you and the brand. We look forward to seeing some amazing things in the future. And great. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. All right, crowd. We will be back in two weeks um, with another episode of Subscription E-Commerce Live. Just wanted to let you know, we've got Brandon Amoroso on deck. He's from Electric Marketing. And um, I've got to kind of dive in to figuring out what he's going to be talking about. I've heard him kind of addressing, um, especially things around messaging that subscription brands should be sending and the timing of those and why, et cetera. So that really aligns with what we're doing over here at ARPU. So we will cook up some topics and send you those next Wednesday. Until then, have a lovely weekend and an enjoyable, what is it? Can I officially call it summer? It's weird to me to be in Mississippi and it's like 90 degrees and people are like, summer starts next month. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It started a month ago. So have a a lovely whatever you call this time of year, June. And we'll see you again for the third time in June on June 29th.